In Jewish houses everywhere, Hanukkah menorahs are being put away as remnants of colored candle wax are being scraped up. Because let's face it, Hanukkah is over. So what are your synagogue staff up to? Well, we are engaged in deep thought as we prepare for the next major celebration on the Jewish calendar. Not Tu B'Shvat, but coming up, Purim. What will we do for the Purim play? Esther Poppins returns? A Beatles Megillah, because Paul is coming to San Jose and I got tickets. <laughs> now that perspective may reflect, strangely, the tendency of American marketers to jump from one holiday to the next. But our Parsha this week, Vayigash, which does include that climactic moment Rabbi Bauer mentioned, when Joseph, whom his brothers thought was long dead, reveals himself. I like to call it Parshat, oh my gosh. From a literary and commentary perspective, the rabbis tell us, that the book of Esther mirrors this story. It mirrors Esther's experience in biblical Persia. Because you understand, both Esther and Joseph wear masks. They hide themselves, especially their Jewish identity, as they're immersed in the life of the palace. Both of them can be understood as diaspora Jews longing to improve their social rank, to be accepted, to gain access to power, longing to do what was available to the audaciously ambitious average citizen, but was kept out of reach to the diaspora Jew who always lived on the social periphery. In a sense, both are early court Jews, a la the Jewish royal advisors of medieval Europe. And so they masked their identity because it's perceived as being a social disadvantage. Esther does so from the very beginning. She accepts her uncle's admonition to not tell anybody on that college application, I mean that king application, that you're Jewish. Joseph, once he attained the rank of the royal vizier, it was known that he had been a Hebrew. But then he does so much to distance himself from that external identity that the brothers in the Parsha don't recognize him, not just as a brother, but not even as a member of the tribe. In her commentary, Vered Goldfarb notes that as soon as they enter the palace, they both lose the name that identifies them as being Jewish. Joseph's Egyptian name is given him by the pharaoh as well as his dress. And Esther arrives with her non-Jewish name, which is taken from what person? The goddess Ishtar. From this point on, she'll no longer be called Hadassah. Being publicly Jewish is not perceived as being advantageous. In different times in our history, Jews have actively followed at times the lead of these people. How many of your ancestors changed their name in this country to better fit in? My Uncle Manny realized I can't be the band leader of Man called Manny Lubarsky and the Kentucky Colonels. It just won't work. So he became Lewis. 
And even today, we know our brothers and sisters in Western Europe, all places with increased anti-Semitism, are being told by their rabbis not to, not to wear your kippah, your star David, in public. Well, we who live in a free society where Jews have risen to the highest social and economic and even political levels, where even today, two Jews are being mentioned as possible presidential candidates, Bloomberg and Bernie. Bernie for president, wow, good Jewish name. We still carry within ourselves a concern, how out should we be? What's our comfort level in proclaiming our Jewish uniqueness and particularity? And just as we might hide now and then that Jewish aspect of ourselves, so too we also follow that very human tendency to mask other aspects of the self. Do we at times mask our shyness, our lack of confidence, our so-called nerdy tendencies, our aspirations or longings, even our sense of disappointment and emptiness? We don masks so others might see us as confident or outgoing, the life of the party, the can-do person at work. To the typical, how are you? What do you always say? Fine or great. Sometimes you mask your truth. You don't want to look weak or vulnerable. At Purim, we'll follow Esther's example. We'll, we'll dress up and mask ourselves. And we're told that the um, masks that people put on in Venice that are now used as decorations, they were meant to let people act out and liberate themselves. A poor person could be a noble person for a day. A woman could act like a man or vice versa. So we can understand Joseph and Esther wrapping themselves in different garb. Joseph in the garb of the Egyptian nobility, though inside he might have still thought of himself as a poser. I'm just a Hebrew slave, fake dream interpreter who got lucky, who managed to move out of the depths because I fooled people. He might have that fear. And so to maintain his newly elevated status, what does he do? In his case, the clothing remakes the man. He doesn't remind anybody he'd been Jewish. So how brave of him when he confronts his brothers, as he does in our Parsha, having seen them prove to him that they are no longer the oppressive abusers of the young favored son. They were willing to sacrifice their freedom out of filial loyalty that Joseph's familial replacement his younger brother, a full brother, Benjamin, might stay free. He witnesses their tshuva, and he outs himself. And in so doing, he reconnects publicly to his Jewish particularity. Imagine their shock when the man who seemed to have the ear of Pharaoh, the power of Egypt, begins to cry. He unmasks his identity, yes, but also his vulnerability and his emotions when he says, I am Joseph, your brother. Does my father still live? And though he kicked all the attendants out of the room, the Torah says his cries were so loud that Egypt heard, and the news reached Pharaoh's palace. Joseph puts himself at risk. He lowers the mask. So does Esther. And he reminds the Egyptian courts of his lowly roots, his status as a foreign interloper, 
but his also presence as a vulnerable man. There's no political advantage to Joseph to take down that mask. Not in the way Alexander Ortiz revealed that she is a New York politician, might also have a little Jewish in her. But I'm glad to invite her to our minion anytime. Now, what's great about the Torah having Joseph remove that mask is he lets out as he sobs his anger and his disappointment. He reaches deeper into the sense of meaning and purpose about his life. Because you see, our problem is not sometimes in wearing masks of the self, but of always keeping things inside, of making the mask permanent, fixed, never letting your true self go, never letting even the people closest to you see who you really are, that maybe you need help, maybe you need to let go of some things. Joseph takes down the mask, and then he finds the capacity to not just forgive, but to rebuild bridges to others. And it is that transformed Joseph that finally lets us end the book of Genesis and become not a Jewish family, but the Jewish people. Think about it, that power of being yourself. So we are getting ready for Purim. Let us know what you might think would be a good spiel. Have fun, dress up a little bit. But also think about revealing, going into the deeper meaning in your life when you risk putting the real you out there with your friends, with the ones you love, and most importantly, with yourself.